That's the maturity that Pryor was speaking about. With great power, the apostles were te giving testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. The grace of God was evident. People could stand back and say, there's great grace upon these people. It was evident, amen? We read in um, Ephesians 2 verse 5 that we are saved by grace. Yes. Yes. In Titus 2 verse 11, maybe it's one we don't read as much. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. The grace of God has appeared. Some translations use the term bringing uh, saving power for all people. We are saved by grace. In fact, in Ephesians 4 verse 7, it says that we've all received a measure of grace. And the, the, the word for measure, which you've heard me use before, is the word metron, which is where we get music, metronome. We measure the timing of music. We've been given a measure of grace. And Paul said that he would not boast beyond that measure. <clears throat> Getting a bit horse, horsey, aren't I now? It's the horses that are on the, on the screen. It says in Romans, um, Romans chapter 12, verse 6, that we are gifted through grace. Let me just turn there for a minute. Every single one of us has been graced. Every single one of us is gifted. And the only way that we can truly advance the kingdom of God is that everybody plays their part. For too long, most churches have been a spectator club where people come and they get something and then they go again. But that is not true Christendom. We are part of the family. We are part of the body. We are part of the bride. And every single one of us has a part to play. Every single one of us has a gift. Every single one of us has a calling. Every single one of us is anointed. Amen? And it says in Romans 12 verse 6, thank you, according to the grace given to us, we have different gifts. If it's prophecy, use it according to the proportion of your faith. If it's service, use it in service. If it's teaching, use it to teach. If it's exhortation, Use it to exhort others. If it's giving, give generously. If it's leadership, show diligence. And if it's mercy, do it with cheerfulness. Every single one of us has been given grace gifts. Amen. We read in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, that God's grace is sufficient. That His power is made perfect in weakness. It is when we say, I can't do it, that God says, you watch what I'm going to do. He is so good. So good. Grace is not given to continue in a life of sin. And there's been a hyper-grace or we could call it a false grace message that has evaded, invaded some fellowships across the world where it's like I can go and do what I do on a Saturday night and turn up on a Sunday because I'm under grace. 
Now, I'm not saying that Jesus doesn't love you where you're at. I'm not saying that. But what Scripture clearly says is that His grace not only just saves you, but His grace transforms you. It transforms you. When you have truly tasted and seen that the Lord is good, you cannot continue to live the life that you lived. Yes, it's a journey. Yes, it's a process. Although some people seem to get the magic click and it's just like bang. But the reality is that His grace is to transform you. It says in Romans 6, for example, what should we say then? Should we continue in sin so that grace may multiply? Absolutely not. You see, the grace of God is there to transform you. His power is made perfect in your weakness. If you say, God, I can't give up this alcohol, or I can't give up this addiction, or I can't give up this stuff, guess what he can do? When you're truly in a place of wanting to give it over to Jesus, he will come in and he will, he will do it. I've met people that have come to me and they said, I've got this thing in my life. And my question is to them, do you really want it gone? And some people have said no. But some people have said yes. I've shared some of the testimonies about alcoholics that have come to me. That just like that, they were set free. People with different addictions and stuff, set free like that. Because they said, Lord, I want it gone. But I can't do it. And he does it. He came to heal the brokenhearted. He came to set the captives free, Amen. He is so loving, He is so good, He is so kind that He loves you where you're at. But He says, you know what? I'm going to pick you out of that. And I'm going to put you on a new foundation. It says in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16 that we can come boldly before the throne of grace. That we would, that we would find grace to help us in our time of need. Do you understand that? The, the access is open. Jesus has made a way and you can come boldly before the throne of grace. Boldly. Not just like, oh, um, oh, I don't know. What does boldly look like? Confidence. Almost, almost like an arrogance if you see it from the wrong perspective. I know that Paul thought, Paul said that some people thought he was arrogant. Paul wasn't arrogant. He was just confident in Jesus. And he was confident in the anointing. He was confident in the grace. He wasn't arrogant. He was confident. And God is saying to us today that we can come confidently, boldly, assuredly before the throne of grace. That you will find grace in your time of need. You will find help. Amen. Anyway, that's not the main part of the message today. That's just the teaser. Is that all right? We all good with that? Okay, I'll take you on a bit of a journey. And I'm also, I mean, I'm, I'm aware that people are leaving in 20 minutes' time to go get the pizza, so I'll try and, I'll try and be good. The Lord, I'll try my hardest, yeah. But I may need Grace. Isaiah 54, the Lord led me to Isaiah 54 this week as I was praying. 
And this is what it says, Rejoice, childless one, who did not give birth. Burst into song and shout, you who have not been in labor. For the children of the desolate one will be more than the children of the married one. Enlarge the sight of your tent and let your tent curtains be stretched out. Do not hold back. Lengthen your ropes. Drive your pegs deep. For you will spread out to the right and to the left, and your descendants will dispossess nations and inhabit the desolate cities. Our God is a God who can take something that seems like there's no hope, and He can not only turn it around for good, but He will give an increase. Acceleration, advancement, because the kingdom of heaven is about acceleration. The kingdom of heaven is about advancing. It's a little mustard seed that becomes this huge thing. We're not on the back foot, we're on the front foot. And God is saying to us, I want you to stretch your tent pegs wide. You need to get ready to let people into your life. You need to be ready to disciple people. You need to be ready to to give of yourself. Because you know what? The people that are going to come to Jesus are too many for just half a dozen of us to look after. Every single one of us is going to have to take someone under our wing to love them, to mentor them, to disciple them. Are we ready? You might look at yourself and go, God, but I've got nothing. Well, God spoke to the desolate woman and he said, you watch what I'm going to do. We often look at ourselves and think, well, I don't have much. You've got Jesus. And you've got the Spirit of God in you. And you've got everything you need for life and godliness. And you've got a testimony to share. I think you've got enough. More than enough. I am convinced that as we look to God, that as we rely upon Him, that as we trust in Him, there's going to be acceleration and advancement in the kingdom of God. Anyone else with me? Oh, that's about... 12 of us, 12 is a good number, that would be good if it was like 150. We read in Scripture that Jesus came full of grace and truth, and through him we have received grace upon grace. When I was praying into today, the Lord said to me, he said, I want you to read it from the Amplified Version. I'm like, whoa. Any religious spirits here broken right now in Jesus' name? Sorry, just have a bit of fun. Sorry. The Word, Christ, became flesh, and He lived among us, and we actually saw His glory. Glory as belongs to the one and only begotten Son of the Father, the Son who is truly unique, the only one of His kind, who is full of grace and truth, absolutely free of deception. John testified repeatedly about him and has cried out, testifying officially for the record. This was he of whom he said, He who comes after me has a higher rank than I and has priority over me, for he existed before me. For out of his fullness, the superabundance of his grace and truth, we have all received grace upon grace, blessing upon blessing, Favour upon favour, gift upon gift. What was that? Heaped upon. 
Have you got it on your phone? Oh, you've got the amplifier. Okay, right. Heaped upon. Sorry, I missed that. Grace upon grace. Spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing. Favour upon favour. And gift heaped upon gift. That is what Jesus has given to us. Amen. There is no poverty mentality in that sense in the kingdom of God. He has has heaped it upon you. Grace upon grace. Blessing upon blessing. Favour upon favour. Gift upon gift. That is grace for salvation. And it is grace to transform. And it is grace to live. And it is grace to be a blessing to other people. It is grace upon grace upon grace upon grace. And just as you said to that little boy, give me, give me what you got. When you put a loaf or a fish in his hand, he will multiply it. When you put your life in his hand, he will multiply it. What does it look like if we don't just have addition as part of Restoration Centre, but we stand for multiplication? What does that look like? Multiplication, 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 multiplication. This is what happened with the early church. This is what happened in the book of Acts, that disciples were being multiplied, and all of a sudden other people had to open up their homes because there was too many people. And remember, house churches back then were not house churches that people think they are today. We've just 12 people meeting in someone's house. There was 120 in the upper room. That's a house church. Some of the house churches had three or 400 people in them. Can you imagine squeezing that many people into your house? You know, in China and in other places of persecution, they still do that today. Under the secret of night, they get in and they all huddle in. And there's hundreds of people in someone's house because it's the only way they can meet. So when people say to me nowadays, oh, I'm just into house church, I go, really? According to scripture or according to the Western model? Sorry, I, that's a, anyway, I won't go there. I hope you hear my heart in that. Sometimes we, we separate ourselves off because we get hurt. Sometimes we separate ourselves off because we think we don't need other people in our life, which is really just pride. We see in Scripture that there were groups of hundreds meeting together. Yeah, they weren't in a hall and they weren't all sitting on chairs, but nevertheless, they were still meeting together and they were still crammed in and people were still ministering to one another. Grace upon grace. Grace upon grace. Jesus said, I have come to give you abundant life. And as I was praying, the Lord said to me, I want you to turn to Zechariah. Zechariah, chapter 4. Oh, I've got it in the Amplified again. Hang on. I'm reading it from the Amplified. The angel who was speaking with me came back and awakened me like a man who was awakened out of sleep. And he said to me, what do you see? 
I said, I see and behold a lampstand, all of gold, with its bowl for oil on the top of it, and its seven lamps on it with seven spouts belonging to each of the lamps which are on top of it. And there are two olive trees, one to the right of the bowl and the other on the left, which, su- which continuously supply the oil. Do we grab a hold of that? That continuously supply the oil. So I asked the angel who was speaking with me, what are these, my Lord? And the angel who was speaking with me answered, do you not know what these are? No, my Lord. And he said to me, this continuously supply, continuous supply of oil is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, prince of Judah, saying, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, of whom the oil is a symbol, says the Lord of hosts. What are you, O great mountain of obstacles? Do we ever face obstacles? Are there obstacles that are before us? What are you, O great mountain of obstacles? We look at it, and it seems huge, because we're looking at it from our perspective. But from God's perspective, he says, I'm going to make it a level plane. I'm going to remove every obstacle. It says, what are you, O great mountain of obstacles? Before Zerubbabel, who will rebuild the temple, you will become a plane. You will become insignificant. And he will bring out the capstone of the new temple with loud shouts of grace to it. Grace. Grace. And the word of the Lord came to me saying, the hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundations and his hands will finish it. What is God saying? He's saying, I will finish what I started. A few weeks ago, Mark Crawford was here and amongst other things, he said that he needed to speak out over Bundaberg that this was a legitimate birthing of God. Do you remember that? There were people weeping in the spirit when he did that. I only say that because God says, I'll finish what I start. Just as Zerubbabel, who was the Lord's man for the hour in the rebuilding of the temple, what he started, he will finish. And for those obstacles, for those big mountains that are in the way, they will become like level, level ground. Because our God is big, He is great, He is mighty. And I believe today that He's wanting us to shout grace, grace. Not just for the sake of going grace, 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 but understanding that it's favour upon favour, blessing upon blessing, gift upon gift. We shout grace, grace, grace. Understanding that our God is mighty, that when there are obstacles in the way, that He can move them. Grace, grace. He wants us to have an overcoming mindset. He wants us to have a conquering mindset. He wants us to have a mindset that the best days are ahead. That we are thankful for what He's done, but the best days are yet ahead. He wants us to have a mindset of acceleration. He wants to have a, us to have a mindset of advancement. He wants us to have a mindset of multiplication. That's grace. 
Because we're not just saved by grace, but we are transformed by grace and we live by grace. It is the grace of God. By the continuous oil, it's never going to run out. It's by His Spirit. People come to me sometimes and they say, Tim, how do you know the difference between a good vision and a God vision? We can be filled with lots of good, good visions, yeah? Let me just tell you what the Lord showed me years ago to know the difference between a good vision and a God vision. And the reason we have to understand if things are a good vision or a God vision, because when it's a God vision, the oil never runs out. Do you understand that? When it's a God vision, the oil never runs out. Because it's not by might or by power. It's not me. It is God. When it's a good vision, it often starts really big and you think you have to do it straight away. And then as you wait for a few weeks or a few months, it just gets smaller and it just, oh. When it's a God vision, it starts with just this little seed. And as, you, as a little seed, you start to pray into it. It just starts to go the other way. Does that make sense? Because when it's just something that is a good vision, I'm trying to make it run out of my own steam, my strength, my energy. I'm, I'm carrying it. When it's God, it is by His Spirit. Amen. He goes on to say to them, do not despise the day of small beginnings. We should never despise the day of small beginnings. Anything that lasts, that lasts, takes a while to build. Just look at the people that do the roads nowadays. They put a new layer of tarmac over the road in one day and then within six months it's breaking up again. Happens all the time. Have you seen that? You drive out to Bagara and they've just resealed the road and then a few weeks later there's potholes in it again. Because they did it quickly. Anything that lasts takes time to build. That is a marriage, that is a relationship, that is a fellowship, that is a ministry. And one of the things that God had to do in my life was to get the microwave mentality out of me. That it had to happen fast, straight away, bang, 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 bang. Because he says, you know what? You're going to have to dig a bit, dig a little. You're going to have to persevere a little. You have to persevere a lot. Don't despise the day of small beginnings because God always finishes what he starts. God is doing it. God is doing it. But he's always looking for the willing people. He had to use He had to use people throughout scripture for different things. God was doing it. He used Nehemiah to build the wall. He used Zerubbabel to lay the foundations and to rebuild the temple. He's looking for people who go, God, I believe that you are a God of restoration, that you are a God of transformation, that you are a God of salvation. 
He's looking for people that are saying, here I am, Lord. Here I am. And if there's an obstacle in the way, nothing is too hard for our God. I keep hearing the, the bridge of that song, I've seen you move. You move the mountains. And I believe you will do it again. When it's declared in Scripture that all things are possible with God, it's not just a catchphrase. It's not just a song that Hillsong made, all things are possible. It's actually truth. All things are possible. Amen? All things are possible. His grace, His favour, His blessing, His gifts are more than enough. More than enough. My prayer is that we would get a vision for the next five. That the name of Jesus would be further exalted. That more people would be touched by him. That we'd have more testimonies of healings and signs and wonders. That we'd have more testimonies of provision, favour, blessing, more. It's really easy to rest upon your laurels, whatever that means. That's a bit before my generation. But God is wanting to say to us today, I can feel it in my spirit and I hope I'm conveying it, to get a vision for acceleration, to get a vision for advancement, to get a vision for multiplication. But you know what? Every single one of us is needed. To love people, to pray for people, to help people, to disciple people, to reach people. Every single one of us is needed. Every single one. Every single one. Jesus came full of grace upon grace. As they were rebuilding the temple, they shouted, grace, grace. We're not talking about bricks and mortar anymore, are we? We're talking about living stones being built together. Living stones being built together to be a holy temple for our Lord. Amen. Grace. Favour. Grace. Blessings. Grace. Gifts. Everything is needed has been provided. Where's the music team? We're going to teach you a new song this morning because it's kind of like one of those now songs. Yeah. So let's stand. We're going to pray. And we're going to sing this song. Tanya's got it up somewhere. It's in the name of Jesus. Who here loves Jesus? Come on, who loves Jesus?
Lord, I want to thank you today that you have shown grace to us. That you have extended grace to us. That you have saved us by grace. If there's anyone here today that doesn't know Jesus, today is a great day. To know the saving grace that the rest of us have tasted. Lord, we thank you that you have saved us by grace. That you have blessed us with grace. And you've gifted us with grace. Lord, we know because you've shared your heart with us over the years. You love this region. You love the people of this region. And it is your heart to see transformation of this region. And we stand together today. I know, I can feel it in agreement that this region would be all that you've called it to be. This would be a place of healing. This would be a place of restoration. This would be a place of transformation. This would be a place because, Lord, your presence is here. Your love is here. Lord, we pray that you continue to make us the family, Lord, that we need to be, that we would love each other more, that we would encourage each other more, that we would stand together more. But Lord, we thank you for the gifts that you've given each one. We thank you for the grace that's been extended to each one of us. And you're calling us, God, to lift our eyes, to see the fullness of the vision, to see the fullness of your plans, to see the fullness of your purposes, because it is your kingdom come and it is your will be done. That this region will be known for no other spirit than the spirit of the living God. That we will see restoration of families, restoration of lives, restoration of businesses, restoration in Jesus' name. And we thank you, God, as we receive the people that you're bringing here, Lord. You are preparing us for such a time as this. So we put our eyes on you, Jesus. We put our eyes on you. Because it's in the name of Jesus, amen? It's in the name of Jesus. Jesus. It's a pretty simple song, but it's a now song.